This is Ozarks at Large. Thanks for being with us as we return from a holiday break. Forest land compromised nearly half of foreign-owned lands in the United States. As of last year, foreign individuals or business entities accounted for more than 35 million acres of U.S. farmland, which doubled over the last decade. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich recently spoke with Harrison Pittman, director of the National Agricultural Law Center at the University of Arkansas, about the regulatory and market implications. Harrison Pittman is a professor of agricultural law at the University of Arkansas, as well as director of the nonpartisan National Agricultural Law Center at the U of A System of Agriculture, a leading source for agricultural and food law research and information. So first, our data goes to December 31st, 2019, and there's a federal reporting act, the Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act. And so any of the data we have about foreign ownership comes from that reporting process dictated by that statute. Pittman is referring to the 1978 Agriculture Foreign Investment Disclosure Act. Forestry is one of three primary components of that data. Uh, There's also pasture land and cropland. And so, uh, so just to kind of keep that big picture in mind. Now, the largest portion of what is owned by foreign interests or foreign investors is in forestry. And it's, it's going to typically represent about half of all foreign-owned land or a private agricultural land in the country uh, will be in forestry. Uh, your largest state, I think, is Maine. Uh, that's by, Despite their size, they make up a healthy percentage of overall foreign-owned land. And almost all of that's forestry. And that primarily would trace to Canadian interests. Most of the foreign forest land ownership is concentrated in the southwestern and southeastern U.S., including in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama. Canada is the largest foreign investor, he says, along with the United Kingdom, Germany, and the Netherlands. These are either long-term leaseholds or fee purchases, mostly by foreign-owned business. I think there's going to be different reasons uh, and different investors will have motivations uh, that that may not be uniform over time and uh, and among you know different groups. But you could have, you know, your baseline of it's a sound investment, you know, that uh, that sometimes it may perform better than the stock market. Uh, other times you have companies that, for example, maybe there's a pest outbreak in Canada that uh, that could have a real impact on the availability of timber supply. Some foreign corporations invest in U.S. forest land as a hedge against volatile financial markets, he says. Forests also serve as a critical carbon sink, according to the nonprofit American Forests. Forest lands store up to 15% of annually produced carbon dioxide fossil fuel emissions. Through photosynthesis, trees, plants, and grasslands sequester or absorb carbon from the atmosphere in the form of CO2, now referred to as carbon sequestration. A growing number of corporations and businesses will purchase carbon credits made available through certain forest preserves to offset polluting practices. There's a huge... Uh, private sector and public sector push towards exploring, you know, the evolution of carbon markets and investing in that. Um, and for proponents of of these markets and, and moving in this direction in terms of state and federal policy and private sector policy as well, agriculture in general is regarded as really 
one of the only places that you can really move the needle with respect to carbon sequestration and offsets. Uh, forestry is not the only part, but it's a big part of that. Foreign ownership traces back to the origins of America with the British seizing lands from indigenous peoples, dislocating tribes from their traditional land base. Ironically, English law, common law, Pittman says, place strict limits on aliens acquiring or owning property in America. The Crown, who really wanted to control who uh who lived here and, you know, and therefore who could, uh, who could own property, who could, who could basically partake in, in daily life. Uh, and for a time period in which people are arriving from all over the world, it really was an obvious tension. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's where that, that originated. And from there, you can pretty well trace this issue from a, for a legal and historical standpoint to phases as the country moved westward. Um, and, you know, territories became states and so forth. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, by the time you, you fast forward to the 1930s and 1940s, you, you're starting to see laws that they've progressed all the way out to the uh, West Coast. Uh, and they take on a completely different tone. They're more of, you know, a saying I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, we're going to prohibit anyone of, of Japanese or Chinese ancestry to own own land. Under the Declaration of Independence, he says, states promulgated laws on foreign ownership, which continue to be amended and enacted. In our state code, we have had a law that that, that is the opposite of a prohibition. Uh, we don't prohibit foreign ownership of, of land in Arkansas. Uh, and that's been the posture, uh, you know, for all but maybe 40 years of our state's history and our state constitution has a provision that says that resident aliens will be treated no, no differently than anyone else in, in this area. Uh, we did have a legislative proposal in the last legislative session that sought to change that. Um, it went through numerous amendments and ultimately um, the law really ended up, it didn't, it doesn't really, it didn't really change this the paradigm on foreign ownership of land in the state of Arkansas. An Arkansas amendment, Senate Bill 312, now Act 1046, passed last session concerning ownership and possession of real property, requires stricter reporting to the state along with the Fed. You do have states that are, they literally say, there shall be no prohibition. You know, they're not only not silent, they affirmatively will say uh, there is no prohibition. You know, Alabama would be one. Pittman says Missouri strictly limits foreign ownership of U.S. agricultural lands to 1%. And so Missouri would have an almost exact opposite history of the state of Arkansas um, uh, on, on its treatment of foreign ownership of agricultural land. Pittman says efforts to amend the Federal Defense Production Act will allow the Secretary of Agriculture to formally join the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. to better measure and monitor the purchase of American lands. And they review transactions by foreign entities or involving foreign entities, uh, but they would. this would bring in the Secretary of Agriculture to also be at the table to review those with respect to national security concerns. Um, and so... It's not new. It just takes on uh, different flavors over the decades, uh, going back to the origins of, of the United States. And I, I would think looking forward, you know, over the next, I'd say, couple of years, 
uh, maybe longer. Who knows how these things play out? But we're in the midst of like probably what is like the fifth time that this has really been a, a rekindled interest in the United States. Uh, so I would anticipate states around the country. It wouldn't surprise me at all over this next year. As we come into January, a lot of state legislatures come back into session around the country. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see a handful of states make proposals. Harrison Pittman says foreign investment in American agricultural lands increasingly has become a politically thorny issue involving real estate planning, contract, as well as constitutional law. We link to his webinar on this subject on our news site. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich.